why do I need to define values? But as soon as your organization is reaching, you know, 50 people, 70 people and above, if you don't do it, you start to seek hiccups. So we strongly recommend put a pen and paper together and write them down. What do you believe in? What is your product trying to achieve? What are your values? And, and, and once it's being defined, it's becoming your North Star. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I'm honored to be joined today by Shai Greenfeld, Managing Partner of Greenfield Partners. Shai is an experienced entrepreneur and investor. Currently, he is the Managing Partner of Greenfield Partners, a technology investment fund focused on growth stage technology companies. He serves as Senior Advisor to TPG and previously was Managing Director of the New Jersey-based family office. Prior to that, he was Vice President of Corporate Development at ad tech firm WebCollage, acquired by Answers.com, the CEO of Igloo, acquired by Nice, and Vice President of Product at Alfie. Shai is a former Israel Air Force IAF F-16 fighter pilot. Welcome, Shai. Shai Greenfeld, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? It's great to be here. Thank you for coming to our office. Thank you for hosting me in this. I, I wish I could just show a 360 view here. We're in a beautiful salon area in the middle of Midtown, the center of Tel Aviv. Yeah. Uh, you're positioning yourself right in the intersection as a bridge from the venture side to the growth side as an early growth fund uh, with Series B, C in the Israel ecosystem. Very non-trivial, uh, yeah. you know, to be talking about this, you know, 2021, the Israel ecosystem, your background as an executive in previous companies, sitting on the board of some of the most amazing companies that I follow very closely, Mixtiles and Big Panda and many others. And I'm really excited to just pick your brain in these 20 minutes about your understanding on the market coming and being a bridging gap for, for these founders. Tell me a little bit about yourself before we even get to Greenfield. Sure. Um, I came to investing late in my career. I started my career actually um, with the long service in the army. Following that, I moved to the U.S. and was doing pretty much what our CEO is doing right now. I was leading companies in that same stage of the stage of finding the product market fit and taking it to market in the U.S. So spend... The next 10 years, once I moved to the U.S., first for getting education, but... Columbia. Right. Among among others. Among others, but in parallel, actually building sales teams, building marketing motion, building customer success, understanding all the stages that are after product market fit. Many people miss that point, and there is that next stage, which is product market sales fit. Mm-hmm. It's actually adjusting your product so it will sell better and you can create a machine that is replicable. Right. And that's the stage I was focusing on the next 10 years. And then I moved to the investment side and um, first in a family office and then uh, joining my partner, Yuda, uh, for TPG Growth. And then we uh, uh, established Greenfield, Greenfield Partners. Beautiful. Spinning out with TPG, you're still advising TPG Growth. Right. Right. This is, but this is different. You're understanding that something different needs to happen in the ecosystem here that is between venture and between growth. Right. What, what is that something? So 
as you look at the, at the journey of a company from, round, from the seed round all the way to the IPO, there is that step where you got your first 10 customers, where you got the understanding that your product work. Mm-hmm. And now you need to build a company that can actually absorb much more capital and scale up. Right. And that stage is complicated. It's complicated because you can make so many mistakes that will take you 18 months back and it's hard to recover. For example, and I've done those, hiring the wrong VP of sales. Not only you go into a phase of realization, but then to recover from that, it's just very, very costly in terms of time. I think that's a really interesting point and I want to dwell on this because, you know, for, I think from the outside, it, it can very quickly seem that, okay, great, yeah, we reached part of market fit, we raised $5, $10 million. Now we have $40 million of capital of sometimes preempt in the market today. Why is it not just flip the switch and just do everything but more? What, what, what is the complexity that you're describing here? People that have been there and are going to be there get it. It's not simple. First of all, it's not simple to find the right people typically in the U.S., that will be able to absorb the culture of the company, right? In the beginning, you were three, three founders sitting together and then hiring more people, but all of you are sitting in the same office and suddenly you're hiring people across the ocean. How do you project your culture and your vision to them? How do you get them to act in the same way that you think is right? Then following that, how do you create that efficiency that people will actually drive the business the way you want? It's not flipping a switch. So finding the right people is one. Then the second one is, what KPIs do I put? How do I know how much I compensate? How do I know um, what's the right goals to put for the salespeople? How do I train them? How do I create a training uh, program that will be and will get them up to speed as quickly as possible? You can actually get the salesperson to be efficient in two months, three months, six months, and nine months, depending on what type of organization. Is it a, a, an enterprise sale where the average ticket size is 300,000? Is it a, a mid-market, 50,000 ticket size? Are you going with 50,000 ticket size to the enterprise? Are you going uh, with direct sales where you put in 3,000 and you have lending expense? All of those issues are complicated. And you need to really think about and set the right KPIs and the right mechanism in order to be successful in that. Tangibly, where, where are you in this intersection? So you've done this yourself, you know, running companies. Now you're investing in BNC stages. You're working with these founders who may never have had these complexity and these experiences. Maybe they built a great product. How do you actually inter- interact with them in the day-to-day that may be different than if it was a private equity or, or a bigger growth fund that would come in and simply push a, a, a lot of capital there? Yeah. So first of all, I'm saying, listen, I'm here, but if you don't need me, do whatever you want. You know, it's in a philosophy, from a philosophical perspective, if the CEO is on top of everything and doesn't need me, it's fine. But before we invest, we try to align on the three, four most important things that you want to accomplish in the next 12 months. And I'm asking the CEO, where do you want me to work for you? Where can I take, what can I take to push forward for you? So I take one assignment on myself that is critical for the company that can help you. The second thing, if the CEO wants, we will put a 30, 40 page deck that will actually put him against similar companies in, or, or her, you know, similar companies in his or her category and will benchmark, uh, 
the company that we just invested in against the competition. And we'll actually show those benchmarks in the B round, the C round, the D round, and we'll say, listen, you're here right now, but this is where we think you can manage to. And then the third thing is we'll work very, very closely in thinking together who do you want to hire and how, and help interview, help vet those people, both on the board level, because many times you want to hire good people on the board that will advocate for you as you cross to the US, and also on the executive level, VP sales, CMO, VP customer success, et cetera. Right. Uh, so three things is the um, hire, you know, on the backwards order, the hiring, the KPIs, and, you know, very, very important goals that you want us to work with you and achieve. Now, where are we today in terms of 2021? Obviously, we're seeing dramatic shifts both in the Israeli tech scene, but, but globally. Where, where are we in terms of the ecosystem today that this is more relevant now than ever? You know, 10 years ago, um, companies would hit product market fit, will reach one, five, 10 million in sales, and, you know, they'll get an offer. And, you know, many companies were happy to be sold for right. two, $300 million, and, and the investors were happy. We're seeing more and more companies going for the scale stage. And that's exciting because, um, first of all, we have talent that has been there before. So when we invest in a company, many times we can say, hey, did you consider taking this guy as your advisor? And so we have a much larger ecosystem that can support the scale. So we, we advocate and we speak a lot with our CEOs on, on how do you define and why do you want to define values? And in the beginning, for a CEO that is so busy in finding product market fit, it sounds ridiculous. What, why do we need to do it? You know, everybody around me, everybody get it. We've all been together in the army or in another place. We know each other. Why do I need to define values? But as soon as the organization is reaching, you know, 50 people, 70 people and above, if you don't do it, you start to seek hiccups. So we strongly recommend put a pen and paper together and write them down. What do you believe in? What is your product trying to achieve? What are your values? And, and, and once it's being defined, it's becoming your North Star. Dilemmas are showing on a day-to-day -day basis. When you start scaling up and you have a lot of people in the organization, questions are coming. You can't control everything. Right. And here's a dilemma. And how do I react? How do I VP react? And suddenly you have a North Star. You're asking people, look at the values. Does it match our values? If it matches our values and we can do it, you know, it's acceptable. Let's expand. If it doesn't match our values, okay, let's assess and act. It's becoming super, super critical because you want to empower yourself as a CEO and actually bring the people around the world to act like they are you. Right. Uh, and that's the only way to do it. And, and it sounds to me that what you're describing here, one of the ways to to empower for the, from a founder's perspective, others to, to make decisions and to be able to release that power, understanding that you want to bring the best people from the different backgrounds to handle the specific verticals. It's through those aligned values and through being very intentional about them yeah. that then you're able to be more comfortable in, in exerting that power, right? And uh, you know what? I'm a huge believer in that philosophy uh, across everything I do with my kids with the people around me, I typically like to align on the basic, basic things, even on my day-to-day, -day, and then allow people to act as freely as they can. And let's connect again on if we have dilemmas around 
what we're doing, but I, I hate to micromanage and, and, and I think the CEOs, when they come to that stage, they have to release a little bit their micromanagement, their, you know, OCD issues. And we know how you have to start, but at a certain point, you have to grow from it, which is critical. Back to Greenfield, where we're at right now. So a little bit about the investing philosophy, a little bit about the, the about your portfolio. It's, it's not just an intersection of between venture and growth. What, what is what is really Greenfield about? So we we do want to be that bridge between venture and growth. We want to prepare the company from a governance perspective, from a go-to-market sales fit perspective, from the maturity to absorb the next check of you know fifty to hundred million, but. We also want to be very conscious of where do we invest, and we want to create and invest in companies that overall create positive change in the world. And even though you know our uh, responsibility towards RLP, first of all, is to make returns, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, we do bring that question as part of our investment decision. Uh, and ESG is part of what we're thinking about and is part of what we consider as we move forward. It doesn't have to be each time, you know, environmental change, et cetera, but you do look for places that are creating uh, and moving the society to a positive direction. I love it. Shai, I have a few more questions about you. Yeah. And I want to take you back to your childhood. Before you were an Air Force pilot, uh, before, before you became an investor, before you were an executive, Childhood, what, what really fascinates you in the world? What, what really sparks your curiosity? I was very, very involved in a, in a youth movement when I was, uh, was young and uh, actually spent majority of my time after school, you know, every day in, in activities that were, had some social change in, in, in social, I, I won't say mobility, but wanted to impact society in many ways during those years. A lot of work in volunteering and, and actually leading other people to volunteer and taking leadership position. Uh, and it was uh, a very big difference that happened when you actually joined the army, right? From that, from that activity to another right. activity that is involved more in the army, but actually now, you know, making a full circle and finding myself again in this position, thinking again about what we're doing in a more uh, in a deeper level. How do we impact? What do we do? How do we actually bring and invest money in those companies? What does it create? How do those companies actually move forward? How do they impact all the people around them, the employees and all the environment around the company? Because there's much more than just the employees of the company. Uh, so we, we spend times around that. And for me, it's a full circle from the childhood. And I think that's a perfect segue. Where, where do you find inspiration today? And whether it's in the day-to-day, -day, whether it's a specific occurrence, you know, what, what inspires you to continue working so hard after everything that you've done, you've done already? You know, we're lucky to be here and see the amount of innovation and the entrepreneurs that we're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis. They come with amazing ideas and they come with amazing ability to execute, which I don't think we had. Uh, 20, you know, 20 years ago. It's amazing the learning curve and how the learning is being accumulated around and actually coming down to people that can execute on their, on their ideas. 
And that's exciting to me. It's actually very uh, inspiring every day to come and listen to those ideas and see how I can help and how can I join the story. Um, together with that, what I'm trying to bring and in, in the inspiration for myself as well is to, how do I bring a very a, a way and a peace of mind to the hectic, crazy world of a startup? How do I help the CEO? I can feel it in your, in your energy that you, that you exert here. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a day-to-day challenge. How do you open your morning? How do you center yourself every morning? How do you center yourself before each decision? Yeah. How do you understand, with all the noise around you, what's the logical way to act? What's the way to act that is actually respecting Everyone around you, for the CEO, it's the employees, the shareholders, the customers. For us as investors, it's the same thing. And for us as human beings, you know, every decision we make, how do we respect right. our families and the people around me and the people around that are, you know, helping us to do what we do? And, and how do you do it in a very, very centric way? And that's my, that's my small inspiration is how to actually it. project that to the people that I work with and to the CEOs and to the other board members. And what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Um, you know, we, we spoke about work uh, in most of our discussion, but I think my first word is, is, is evolving around family. Uh, because I, at the end of the day, um, I have, you know, a big part of my brain thinking right now, and what is my son doing, and where are they, and, and my wife, and, 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 the, and the dog and the cat. So, you know. Family man is probably one. And the other two words are probably um, leader and team player. Because, uh, and, and maybe team player more than a leader and, and maybe leadership through team. Because many, many, in many places, I'm trying to actually bring and help people find the right way to go without being uh, too visible in the leadership is, is ask the right, you know, my leadership many times comes through asking the right questions rather than, and that's everywhere, even in Greenfield or elsewhere, it's asking the right questions and allowing people to actually take themselves to where they want to go. Shai, thank you very, very much. This really is wonderful. It's inspiring and uh, it's making a huge impact on the Israel ecosystem and, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you. Thank you.